1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly.
3: Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I am Allie Siegel.
4: I'm Melissa Stetton, and I produce Maria. Oh.
3: Okay, why not? Hello.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Buongiorno. (laughs) Buongiorno.
3: Melissa, who are our patrons for this week? Our Patreon has been uh, exploding. So exciting. You get
4: to watch the video, you get the episodes a day early, you get them ad free. It's exciting. Yeah. So we've got Valerie, Britt, Kat, Sophia, Madeline, Matt, Carrie, Barry, Stephanie, (laughs) Samantha.
3: Aaron, welcome, guys. Welcome, Terry and Barry.
4: Carrie and Barry.
3: So I am super excited for our episode today. Of course, uh, this might be something that I'm just interested in. Uh, (laughs) You know that I love all things supernatural and occult. I decided to do our episode on parapsychology. And I found out about parapsychology from the documentary Surviving Death. Right, on Netflix. It's on Netflix. We also did one of our past episodes kind of on it and near-death experiences, children who remember their past lives. But in that uh, documentary, they talk about how the University of Virginia has a parapsychology department with professors at, like, legitimately the University of Virginia, which is a hugely difficult college to get into. They study a uh, psychic phenomenon.
4: Not even just, like, classes, but they have, like, a whole department devoted to it.
3: Yeah, Like, we were talking about it a second ago, like, in Ghostbusters, where they, like, are doing the experiments and trying to, like, figure out what ghosts are. Like, they have that at University of Virginia.
4: Crazy. Was there a reality show on this called, like, Paranormal State? I mean, there's
3: a million reality shows.
4: It was, I think it was about, like, a a group of college. Let me look it up. It was, like, Paranormal State. I thought there was one where Oh
3: yes. So Ryan Buell is director of Penn State's University Paranormal Research Society, a student-led club. Penn State? You're going to (laughs) be Harvard. Huh? Your brain's going to explode. I'm so glad Uh. you're or Stanford, Duke. Just wait for this episode to start popping off. Okay, I'll just get into it now, okay?
4: (laughs) Wait, did you read this? The Ryan Buell of paranormal state fame faces assault charges after an altercation at his
3: residence. Listen, All not right. everyone's perfect. Okay. Um, <laughs> this That doesn't affect parapsychology or no, this episode. Doesn't. He doesn't represent everyone. No, one man he does, does not, not represent a- this podcast. Yes. Um, okay, so what is parapsychology for those of you who don't know, which is maybe a lot of you. Parapsychology is the study of psychic phenomenon like telepathy, precognition, clairvoyance, uh, telekinesis, and other paranormal claims. So, for example, what we d- talked about last time: near-death experiences, synchronicities.
4: <gasps>
3: Craig should get into parapsychology. You could go to
4: college for synchronicities.
3: Yes, wow, I'll have him apply to
4: Harvard tonight. See what
3: happens. <laughs> Please do. Um, apparitional experiences, etc. For many people, um, it used to be kind of considered a pseudoscience, Mm -hmm. but now it's being more accepted by the mainstream as this stuff starts to get, you know, more and more, you know, in the, in the public consciousness. Parapsychology was coined in 1889 by the philosopher Max Dissoir. And then subsequently, the Society for Psychical Research, was founded in London in 1882. And in this society, there were like Nobel Peace Prize winners, like scientists, oh. like high society people, um, people in the government who all were interested. Cause this is during the spiritualist movement and they all mm, want to be right. like, okay, what, what is going on with, with this stuff that people are claiming is happening? Uh, The areas of studying um, include the stuff we mentioned before, like telepathy, Mm -hmm. hypnotism, which was something that started um, then, and hauntings and stuff like... The table lifting, the materialization that was happening during these weird seances that people were doing, the spirit photography. People were uh, taking pictures of like that ectoplasm stuff. Like if you oh, look yeah. at old spirit <laughs> photography, there's like sometimes the ectoplasm and people were claiming to, um, which was like they claim is like a spirit, like leaving your body. This research society was like, we need to look into this because this is a new fad and like what the fuck is going on? So then another Research Society opened in America because they were like, if Europe is doing it, we got to do it too. And this is a trend um, that we'll get into later where like if other countries are doing it, America's like, we've got to get on this.
4: Like going to space.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we got to go to space. Copy those (laughs)
4: Russians.
3: (laughs) This is about Russia. Later it becomes about Russia. It's always about Russia. Just wait for it. It's always about Russia. So in 1911, Stanford University becomes the first academic institution to study ESP and psychokinesis. So I got a little confused about what psychokinesis was.
4: ESP is like... Reading people's minds, right? Yes. And psychokinesis, is that being able to move
3: objects? That's telekinesis. Right. So psychokinesis, no, so psychokinesis or telekinesis, I guess they're synonyms. Wow. Is an alleged psychic ability allowing a person to influence a physical system without physical interaction. Mm. So they are studying that in a laboratory setting. The effort was headed um, by John Edgar Coover, who was a psychologist. All the funds were supported by Thomas Welton Stanford, who was the brother of the guy who created Stanford University. He was like, this is important enough that my family is going to fund doing this they
4: did a gofundme assuming back in
3: 1911 <laughs> yeah <laughs> of whether or not people can move things with their mind um so then in 1930 duke university became the second institution what? to see whether or not esp and telekinesis could be done in a laboratory um so different psychologists carl zener joseph b Rhine, and louisa e ryan who are huge um, in this movement. They were like the first two to really investigate um under like a laboratory scientific setting. And they'd use volunteer subjects to see, um, like Duke University students, to see whether or not psychicness was actually real. Harvard did the same thing in 1927, where they would use Harvard students as subjects. And they would do that stuff where like, you'd be sitting across a table and like one person would like, hold up, a, uh, have a card and like right. Like the Joker card. And it would be like facing them. And they'd be like, what card am I <laughs> holding up? Say, and they'd what like, say, so seri- so what?
4: <laughs> yeah. what's so serious? <laughs> you know what why I, uh, so serious? What's so serious? Why so serious? Why so serious? What's so on this card?
3: The- <laughs> <laughs> why so on this card? And they'd try to predict what card there was. Or they would try to predict what card was next in the stack. Like uh they would also try to test pre uh precognition. Mm, so precogs. uh predicting the future. Yeah, costs, which we'll get into next. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then finally uh the Parapsychological Association, which still exists today and still does research projects and still has conventions, which once Corona is over, we should try to crash, was uh, founded in nineteen fifty seven in North Carolina. So we've talked in the past about like MK Ultra and stuff. Oh yes. And we might have briefly spoken about this, but the government also did experiments using yeah. ESP. Well, Yuri Geller. And Yuri Geller was a part of it. Yes. We've talked about this for a second. It was called the Stargate Project. Oh, like the TV show. Yeah. And if you've seen the movie Men Who Stare at Goats or read the book, this is what it was about. And it was basically about remote viewing. In the 1950s, the United States was under the impression that the Russians were spending like bajillions of dollars or like rubles or whatever they use. Rubles. Rubles. Uh, They believe they're spending all this money training psychics to predict United States like military training and defenses. And like trying to figure out like where our like it, nuclear power was and all this kind of stuff and like where our arms and everything. The United States was like, if the if Russia has all this team of psychics and we have to get started on all this stuff. So the CIA started all this re- research into behavioral engineering. They started looking into ESP and remote viewing, which was the Ability to psychically see events, sites, or information from a great distance. Mm. So basically what they would do is they would train these quote unquote psychics to like sit and they'd be like, okay, imagine, imagine where these hostages are held. Like we don't know where they are. What does it look like where they are? And well, like, I would say okay. they're
4: in an underground bunker. <laughs> they're chained against the wall.
3: Like literally, though, like they would they would try to think about like where they are or they'd be like, where are you know, where's the Russian army right now? And they'd be like, OK, so I see like trees. I see this. I see a building that looks like there,
4: this. There was a show like one of those like investigative discovery shows or whatever and if any listener has seen this and knows the clip i'm talking about please send it to me i've been trying to find it for years but they're talking to like one of these mentalist people who are like they're like and so we went to a psychic and we were like where is this girl like that's been kidnapped located and then they and then they were like and so the psychic started drawing this picture of where she could be located and they showed the picture and it was literally oh no no. just a palm tree on like a little mound
3: well, was she at the beach?
4: I don't know, but it was like. And here is the dr- the artist rendering of where the psychic thought, and it was literally a. Pop, it was a like,
3: leprechaun just- in a tree. <laughs> yeah, it was like that.
4: It was that same level of like. It might be ability. a crackhead
3: got hold of the wrong
4: <laughs> stuff. <wrong laughs> <stop. laughs> it was so funny. I remember watching it, being like, "What? <laughs> oh my god!" was like yeah. a coconut, like on the ground. <laughs> yeah, a guy like lounging, a shark fin. like a, <laughs> yeah. a shark.
3: Fin. Jokes on the you, but you know,
4: sunglasses. That woman exactly. might have been at the
3: beach, so you know. Um, so I mean, they do also like like you're saying, Maria. They do kind of sometimes bring in psychics to do that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. um, for for missing people. Um,
4: when when I lost my cat like ten oh, years God. ago or twelve years ago, like in Silver, like I put up like, missing things, and, like, psychics contacted me. They're like, do you want me to help you? That's a your scam. Car?
3: That's a and scam, Melissa. Like,
4: and I was like, no, thank you. That's a scam if I've that's ever a heard smart one. smart scam, though. I know. Because people are, like, desperate for their Ace pets. Ventura, pet
3: psychic. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's another problem with this, too, and that's a reason why I think there are all these people really looking into it, is that there are a huge amount of scammers, and it's sure. so easy to lie about something that can be kind of vague, but um these parapsychology labs are trying to find a happy medium between science and then also something that is more spiritual or undefined to see if there's any way to figure out if it is factual um mm-hmm. or find some sort of like well, they're trying to, to find.
4: It they're trying to find a happy medium, but there's also sad mediums.
3: Okay. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) there are a lot of specialties involved in, um, in parapsychology. (laughs) And uh, we just talked about one of them, which is remote viewing, mind projection and clairvoyance. Then these are all specialties that you can specialize in. Uh, whether you do them or you can get your degree in studying them. Then there is telepathy and mind reading. There's precognition, which is seeing the future. Mm. There's psycho, uh, psychokinesis and telekinesis. There's. Near-death experiences, which is what the lab at University of Virginia specializes in, and reincarnation in past lives. We won't be covering that today because we did a whole episode on Mm -hmm. it if you want to uh, listen to it. Then there's apparitions which are ghosts, spirits, uh, ghost sightings, hauntings, um, etc. Then there's direct mental interaction with living systems, which... What does really... that
4: mean? Direct
3: mental interaction with a living... What's a living system? Okay, so that's like the Stargate Project. Investigates whether simply looking intently at a person can substantially affect their nervous system by making them feel agitated or calm. Oh, like mind control or something? Yeah, so that's mind control. After analyzing, this is from um, best psychology, bestpsychologydegrees.org. Um, after analyzing parapsychologist experiments in 2004, psychology researchers concluded that there might be something to the notion of distant intentions- Having some kind of effect, but there was a lack of theory behind the phenomenon. So, a related technique was famously referenced in the book and movie *The Men Who Stare at Goats*. The story tracked the U.S. Army's research into killing goats by simply staring intently at the animals. Dang, I gotta
4: watch this movie. We, we've brought it up like twenty times, and I got right, well. It. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm Ali. I was just saying I want to watch it, and then you apologized
3: okay um they were trying to (laughs) okay whatever they were trying to use this tactic to kill iraqi detainees right they wanted to see if they can kill people just by staring at them
4: that's so funny so these iraqi detainees were just sitting there and then these guys were just staring at them and they were like what are you doing
3: that's pretty embarrassing I would die, I'd of, die embarrassment. of embarrassment. Oh. <laughs> oh. Jinx. Jinx. That's why we have a podcast. Yeah. So then there's <laughs> auras and their reading, um, which is another one. But I mean, now they always say that they, they have like these trendy aura photography places. Yeah. So who knows whether that's legitimate or not? Like, can you capture an aura? Yeah. So uh, Curly in photography purports to capture auras on film. Which, if verifiable, could be the strongest proof for the existence. However, scientific investigation has found that everything from the humidity of a room to perspiration may substantially skew test outcomes.
4: Yeah, it could be a piece of dust on the, uh, the film.
3: Well, that's more like when you see an orb. An aura is. Like the energy, right? Like the color coming, yeah, and then the different colors allegedly um, indicate what your like energetic state or vibration is, like
4: a mood ring.
3: Exactly. It's like the mood ring of your body. They use this to take pictures of all sorts of stuff. Wow. They even, they even, uh, investigated this at the UCLA Neuropsychiatric Institute. So what's interesting about this is they have all these pseudoscience stuff, but they're really, they're really like at UCLA and Stanford and Harvard looking into it. So there has to be some sort of truth behind it if these I mean, like, if it was totally 100% crazy, they wouldn't even look into it, you know? I think
4: because there's so many people that do believe in it, that it's interesting to study it as, like, what is this phenomenon? Like, no matter if it's, like, real or fake, it's still, like, an interesting subject that so many people are interested in. So, like, I can understand getting a degree in it just to understand, like, where it came
3: from and what it all means. Right, but I mean, also a lot of people believe in like a lot of other crazy stuff that they're that mm-hmm. they're not like people believe in Pizza Gate and like QAnon stuff.
4: Yeah, that you can't get a degree in Pizza Gate. <laughs> oh yeah, God. and like
3: Bigfoot, but I don't think Harvard's gonna you know have a Bigfoot. Lab, right, you yeah, know, that's true. Um, yeah. so it makes me feel like there is something to this. Um, and then finally, the last and this one was pretty interesting. The last is the global consciousness project. And this, um, kind of like synchronicities, the Mandela effect, when something comes into the consciousness, um, that everyone kind of starts thinking about at the same time. So it theorizes that when world changing events occur, the thoughts of people around the globe can influence random nun- number generators to produce more coherent, less arbitrary data.
4: That's like, sounds like simulation shit to me.
3: Yeah. So, again, this is from Best Psychology Degrees, which outlines all this stuff, but it's my favorite website, <laughs> uh, but it says, um, ori- again, so originate- originating out of experiments from Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research, it aims to chart the emotional outburst of the global population when something truly epic happens, such as September 11 attacks on New York City and how that affects the global consciousness and how the global consciousness then affects um, things like the stock market, the economy. Uh, so kind of like uh, the butterfly effect. Right. Um, so how if you change one thing, then if you change one little thing, then everything subsequently else will change. So that in uh, in turn suggests that that we are all related and that everything is entwined. Mm -hmm. Um, so that we aren't actually like individual separate entities that we are all connected. We
4: are all one human
3: centipede. Yeah, we are. Exactly. Oh, cute. (laughs) You've never been there before. (laughs) He's sitting on a little bench. (laughs) Good job. Okay. So then, um, (laughs) there are a bunch of places, uh, that look into this kind of stuff. So uh, the University of D- Virginia, the Department of Perceptual Studies looks into, again, like I said, past lives, consciousness, um, life after death, and it brings in people who uh, have had these near-death experiences and figures out, you know, the correlation between them. There's also the University of Arizona Center for Consciousness Studies, the University of Edinburgh Parapsychology Unit the University of Herefordshire in England, the University of Georgia offers a BS, MA, and PhD degrees in consciousness and society, which is the parapsych- uh, parapsychology can be your emphasis, and UCSB, which really surprised me. UCSB has a theoretical and applied neurocasualty Laboratory. And uh, like, what the fuck does that mean? And it's an investigatory lab uh, that uh, investigates psychic phenomenon and the potential of predicting the future. Oh. And they measure unconscious precognition via EEG. And EEG is when you, um, you attach all those like little things yeah. to your head. Um, like, hmm. I don't know if you've ever had to go to the, the doctor or the neurologist, but they attach these like little like wires all over your head and then they track your, um, electrical Have you activity that? in your brain. Yeah. Like a million times, but oh, because I'm epileptic. So like, oh, right, right. that's how they diagnosed me with epilepsy is like, I had to, oh. I had to do that a few times. And then there was like an anomaly, a non, a non, a <laughs> non. Anomaly. Non-ano- <laughs> <laughs> there is an anomaly in my brain, so that's how they diagnosed me. And my like way. on
4: the machine, like when it pops up, it was like,
3: yeah, it said like this the bitch. shape of an <laughs> shape of an alien popped up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, there's something they're wrong like, with her. Something in your brain. <laughs> um, but so I guess they tried to they tried to measure whether or not people can tell the future via uh via EEG. So this is what their website says, which is insane. It says. Have you ever wondered about the nature of time? Yeah, What causes the defi- divide? This sounds like something from I Heart Huckabees. Um, have you ever wondered <laughs> about the nature of time? What causes the divide between past, present, and future? Yeah, What causes time to flow? Yes. Is this only an illusion in our minds? Have you ever had an intuition of an event coming in the near future? Yes. Is it possible that information about a future event unknowable through inference alone could be attained before the event actually occurs. This is UCSB being like, yo, like is deja vu a thing? (laughs) Yo. (laughs) The Tank Lab is a research lab that merges theoretical physics and experimental psychology to help answer these questions. Our goal in the lab is to design rigorous experimental protocols to test whether unconscious knowledge of future information can be detected through psychology and physiology, for example, EEGs and pupil size. The ultimate aim is the development of software and technology that uses these unconscious signals to predict meaningful world events. So what they're hoping to do is find some sort of pattern in these EEGs so then they can make some sort of technology so that they can predict things like 9-11 9-11 or like stock market crashes or, or like wars uh or game yeah stock going up ten thousand <laughs> percent. Yeah. So they have one of their experiments that they've done on here, which I like fully didn't understand. And like, I don't even know if it's worth reading because like, I don't know, maybe other people will understand it. So yeah, try
4: to say it. Maybe other people, maybe people can write in.
3: That's so rude. Okay, so <laughs>
4: <laughs> what am I doing so they-
3: this episode? Ali hates me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I'm just razzing. I'm razzing. Oh, we should take it. We should take a quick little commercial break. Oh, yes. So um, by the way, folks, we have a Patreon. To get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout-outs, merch discounts, uh, these episodes via video a day before. No ads. Ad-free episodes. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out on the podcast. Also, Erios has a hotline. Please call us and uh, we will play your voicemail on our mailbag episodes. Hey,
0: it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
3: Okay, so this is the, the thing that they did. Okay, so it says, perhaps surprising to many, there has accumulated a good deal of evidence in scientific journals that behavior and physiology can be influenced by seemingly unknowable future events. Although this work is not without controversy, we believe given the experimental evidence combined with advances in theoretical physics, further research is needed. Clearly, any new technology that uses behavior and or physiology to consistently predict random future events above chance would be a game changer. The following is a general overview of the approach used by the TAN lab to further this research. Okay. So an example of a standard precognition task where the goal is to predict which card will be randomly picked in the future. The Joker. <laughs> yeah. Why so serious? <laughs> why so then so there's serious? a little doodle and then of it's, it's of a guy thinking... And then there's like there's a bunch of cards, and then there's a card that's going to be picked. And then it says at Tan instead of guess uh, guessing random events like cards, participants are passively exposed to randomly picked stimuli. For example, light or a sound while brain waves are measured. So there's a guy hooked up to the EEG. And then he's exposed randomly from the computer to either a visual stimuli or an auditory stimuli.
4: Okay. Like a fart noise or like yeah, a picture <laughs> or of a, or an a ex- palm tree.
3: Yes. So then uh, it's either a boy y- 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 or a picture of Maria's face. <laughs> so then <laughs> research on presentiment suggests that a backwards in time or retro casual effect may allow unconscious physiological changes to occur before future events occur. In other words, we can use physiology, the EEG, to predict ahead of time whether the participant will see a light or hear the sound.
4: Okay. So they're testing to see if what the brain waves show that if he this person knows what they're gonna see next.
3: Yeah. And so so given a genuine precognitive effect, the design should lead to a greater than 50% hit rate in predicting the future random target. Okay. Um, okay. So then the universe, uh, University of Arizona Center of Consciousness Studies has a program called the Sophia Research Program. So in June 2006, um, it was created by Gary Schwartz. Uh, this investigates claims that communication processes involving various spiritual levels through guides and angels to purported communication with a higher power or divinity. Its focus is on healing and life enhancement. So the University of Arizona has a whole research program about whether or not people can talk to the dead or to angels. Oh, like what? Wow, the Angelica counters. Exactly,
4: school for thought. <laughs> um,
3: so uh, that's weird. Um, and also you University of Arizona, huge party school. <laughs> true. Again, University of Edinburgh, which is a really famous university in Edinburgh, has a parapsychology unit. Then there's a the University of Herefordshire. This was the most insane has an Open Graves, Open Minds project. Open Graves, Open Minds? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's what it's called. And it says, we unearth depictions of the vampire and the undead in literature, art, and other media before embracing shape-shifting creatures like werewolves, other supernatural (laughs) beings, and their world. OGOM, the Open Graves, Open Minds project, opens up questions concerning (laughs) gender, hybridity, and other realms huh so they have a study in i guess werewolves and vampires what about bigfoot well bigfoot's not shape shifting really big yeah bigfoot's not allowed and they also have a whole thing in the paranormal and magical thinking Our research has investigated the reliability of eyewitness testimony for fake psychic phenomenon, including the role of suggestion in the seance room, alleged psychokinetic metal bending, the reliability of testimony for the Indian rope trick. I don't know what that is. They look also into uh, fake psychic phenomenon, and they also investigate magicians.
4: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a magician.
3: Yeah, you how did this the- it, yeah. How does David Copperfield love it? How does he do it. How the fuck how do you do that? He do it. And then finally, there's this place, Bircham University. It examines, um, why people hate parapsychology. Oh. And why people think it's a pseudoscience. And then, oh, also, University of Pennsylvania has, um, a whole thing on folklore and the supernatural. It studies ghosts, spirits, witches, vampires, and fairies. What about Bigfoot? I know this is fun. I want to go to college for Bigfoot. (laughs) Oh, they also do. Oh, they also do UFOs and dark tourism. Ooh, whoa! Yeah,
4: I know. Can can there be a part of Maria's Scared Silly School a department of like cryptids? Or is that too... I mean, that could be an extracurricular, sure, yeah. but it's not very... No, familiar. that's
3: a whole other study. Cryptozoology. That's a whole other thing. Oh, right. Cryptozoology. Okay. Well, mind. that could be like
4: an after-school thing. Like, that could be... After- people <laughs> yeah. could, like... Like an like an extracurricular cryptozoology. Yeah.
3: You can be a cryptozoologist. Uh, you can. It's the search. Yeah, it's a it, that's another science. Cryptozoology is a pseudoscience and subculture that aims to prove the existence of entities from the folklore records, such as Bigfoot, chupacabra. Cryptozoologist salar- salary,
4: salary, salary, <laughs> ten thousand dollars a year. I, can you just imagine? Like you're you get into Harvard and then. <laughs> You, like a year in you go to your parents and you're like well I've got my major and your parents are like what is it? What and- is it? Law? What is it? You know. <laughs> it's fairies. I'm I'm going <laughs> to study the existence of fairies. Well what do you mean? Like you're going to study like ancient you know texts? No 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 no. I'm going to go and look for fairies. Yeah my parents I mean, that weren't would be too crazy. happy when I told them that. Like have you seen the movie <laughs> Fern Gully? Like <laughs> yeah that's what I'm studying.
3: That's what I want to do. <laughs> It says here that parapsychologists can make on the low end $14,000 a year, but on the high end $383,000 uh, and bad. the median salary is 70000 So, I mean, that's not chump change. No. Okay, so then to wrap it up, there's the Parapsychology Association, which is an international professional professional organization of scientists and scholars who all study psychic experiences such as telepathy, clairvoyance, healing, precognition. Um, like we said, it, it was established in 1957. It's recognized um, by like the government. It's like a real association. They want to promote scholarship and scientific inquiry into the unexplained aspects of human experience. They want to disseminate responsible information to the wider public and to the scientific community. Um, so they were the ones responsible for getting um, Project Stargate exposed and released. And they want to integrate this information with knowledge from other disciplines. So they want to find the correlation between the scientific and the supernatural. Right. I found this like research project that they did, which was like similar to um, the one that we talked about uh, from University of Arizona. But this one, they took two groups of people. One were actually psychics and the other ones were just like normal people like Maria. And then they asked them to tell them like stuff about their lives or like to perform readings on them. The psychics were right. of the time, or the psychics gave accurate information 70% of the time, and the normal people gave perceived accurate information 30% of the time. So their conclusion was that these quote-unquote psychics were potentially receiving, they were more accurate than people who said that they had no psychic abilities, and they were receiving information from some place greater than themselves i feel
4: like psychics are more intuitive like more well, that's
3: what i was gonna say piss
4: like because they're just so used to like reading people and like it's
3: like the mentalist is kind of what right. i feel like it is sometimes when you're so good at noticing things mm-hmm. like the way someone's sitting or like something they have on them or like their emotional like climate that you're able to kind of decipher what it is that they're going through or what they need to hear. So that's one study where they deemed that this, there was some sort of legitimacy to psychic phenomenon, but also like who knows. So, yeah. so I'd be curious to know like what you guys think of like remote viewing and like seeing ghosts and like auras and telepathy and like telekinesis and like precognition. Or
4: if you or anyone you know has a degree in this or like works.
3: In I know this. I tweeted that, and then I got nothing. Um, yeah. So, but I would love, I would love to know if anyone like yeah. has any degree or education in any of this, um, or if anyone now is inspired to apply. <laughs> Melissa, if people want <laughs> to the reach us, where crawl, they reach us? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll we'll give our Patreon money to people who write, write us an go to essay college. Yes. about why
4: you want to attend, and yeah, exactly, we'll do a, yeah. Uh, you can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Also, this Friday is our live show.
3: Yes. Yeah, baby.
4: And we're doing the Webcrawlers Awards, awards that we give to ourselves. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> Melissa, should I make today like a survey monkey and then post the link to it and then people can write in what their things are so then we can just look there and see what it is?
4: Yeah, I posted in the discord. I added a new channel up for awards oh, smart. where people sh- are like saying what their
3: nominations are. Okay, that's easier than that's good.
4: Yeah, and I think I'm going to take all those nominations and then put them in. Yeah, we could do like a survey monkey or whatever, and then post that link and people can vote.
3: Probably. Okay, yeah, like, we'll do that this week yeah this week before friday okay great yeah so look forward to that friday our live show and we'll uh, give awards to ourselves it'll be really fun <laughs> <laughs> someone's idea. like is this
4: an award show <laughs> for yourself i was like yeah i guess it is i guess it <laughs> well, is. we really, need a morale a way boost for people to it's a way for people to you know communicate with one another about re- things they really liked about the show and then for us to hear it and feel good about ourselves yeah, and I'll have like all the clips ready from the nominations. Like I'll be able there to play them like this moment. Yeah, it'll be like a fun,
3: fun thing. Well, I was going to say from from there, once we know what everyone liked, we can even do a best of show. So then when we don't feel like recording a Tuesday episode, yeah. we can just play right. the best of
4: yep yeah that's yep gotta do that that's good thinking. it's like a meat locker episode
3: yes uh well thanks for braving through something that only i think is interesting um i think I it's am, interesting too i, I think no it's idea. interesting
4: too but if i say maria it i was yawned. gonna get mad
3: at me i saw maria yawning um anyways oh, i God. am yeah she was yawning <laughs> a lot um i am ali siegel <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: Melissa chupacabra Sutton, <laughs> and I'm Maria Find-a-Fairy
3: Blasucci Oh, I really like that That's know, Okay, okay. <laughs> <Here we go. laughs>
2: yeah Bye, Bye. by
1: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. Visit Stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
2: Hold up.